You're listening to Culture Matters, a podcast of the Village Church. Hey, this is Adam Griffin, and I'm here with my co-host, the Adam Hawkins. Adam, when you proposed to your wife, Heather, did you do it in a creative fashion, or were you just kind of one of those guys who just kind of gave her the wink and said, what do you think? I I, I mean, in my mind, I was creative. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Super romantic? No, I, Candles? Petals? I took her to a place where we had one of our first dates, which happened to be a botanical garden, I think maybe in Fort Worth, and it was after we did a drive across the country moving back from New York, and then... Oh kind of filled this journal with some things and read to her for a while. And then, so. Oh, that's really It sweet. was meaningful to us. Was she surprised? No, I mean, we had been talking about it for a while. I think okay. she was surprised. She didn't know how it was going to go down. That's yeah, what I said. but so. you guys had talked about marriage? We talked about marriage. We were together for seven years before we got married. So. Oh, okay. Because we were in school and we did long distance for years. Oh, you four don't have years. to justify it to me. No, it's that's great. Fine. It seven was years wrong. of dating. We did a lot of things wrong. Chelsea yeah. and I dated for seven months before we got engaged. So basically the same oh thing. Yeah basically the same and thing. yours was like you just were like at denny's and you were yes, like we were at oh, denny's you dropped a ring into her salad the moon's over my hammy actually <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well on today's episode we're gonna be talking about marriage and discussing marriage not only as a gift but as a witness to the world so we've got a couple interviews with a couple authors we're gonna be talking through christian marriage and how it's distinct in our culture Adam, why do you think it's important in our culture, this day and age? I think I know the answer here, but why is it important to talk about marriage on a podcast about culture? I think marriage is a uh, maybe even a hot-button cultural topic, at least tangentially when you think about all the ways that in the last few years we've we've talked about marriage, what it means, who's allowed to be married, all those yeah. kind of things have been sort of top of mind. I do think, though, um, there's this other piece about marriage that – uh, uh, at least within the younger generation, marriage is almost seen as an as an um, anachronistic institution. It's like, why are people still doing this? It's yeah, not it's a like thing. Archaic. That, yeah, it's archaic. It's like, why are why is this around anymore? It seems like something from the past. Uh, and those who are getting married and like talk about marriage in a happy way. In my mind, there that's like a that's super bizarre. It's weird. Most yeah. marriages in kids shows are like just sort of hokey and then marriages on TV almost every single one it's like there's a secret or a thing or a crisis or there's not just like married people who love each other you know yeah, yeah. well I think a lot of our culture looks at marriage as a giving up of freedoms that's right and in some way it's a change of freedom for sure but there's such a freedom that comes in marriage the same way that while following Christ means I'm going to follow certain uh aspects of my covenant with the Lord, it is not a giving up of freedom. It's to be set free from things that are not true. And so right. marriage in, in agreeing to a covenant with another person in a Christian covenant, I am set free in many myriad ways, ways that I wasn't when I was single. Now, we don't want to create an episode that says, hey, you know what's better than singleness? Marriage, you know, and so this yeah. is about the ultimate yeah. example of humanity. And so let's talk for just a second about singles listening. Is this an episode saying, hey, marriage is better than singleness? I don't think we have to juxtapose those against each other. Marriage is a gift. Singleness is a gift. It says those both things in the Bible. How would you want, if you're a single person listening in right now, are you going, hey, tune out, man. This one's not for you. Listen to the next one. Or is this just for singles to go, hey, if you're one day going to be married, this might be interesting? No. The same way we have a conversation about singleness, we don't 
don't have to apologize to married people. Yeah. I don't want to apologize that we're having a conversation about marriage. It's fine, dude. Hang out, listen to it. And guess what? Marriage is not simply marriage is about communicating the truth of the gospel. That's what marriage is about. And that's yeah. where, where we're going to double down on. And so you can learn something about God by learning about marriage, even if you're not married and you don't plan to get married. So Excellent. There's all sorts of topics we talk about on Culture Matters that I have varying levels of interest in. Yeah. And while I may not be like an online dating episode, that one to me, I'm not online dating, but it's yeah. fascinating to me to think about that aspect of our culture. That's right. Similar here, uh, singles, I hope this is a huge blessing to you to hear us talk through godly marriage and how it can be a witness to our culture, but it's not to say godly singleness is not a witness to our culture. That's it right. absolutely is. In fact, in some incredibly profound ways. So that being out of the way, let's get into our first interview today with Ryan and Selena Frederick from Fierce Marriage. Well, Ryan and Selena, it is so great to have uh, you guys with us this morning. Fierce Marriage is your ministry. It's also your podcast. It's also your book. I'm so excited to hear a little bit more from you personally about uh, yeah. your, your philosophy. So thank you for being with us this morning. Yeah, thanks for having yeah, us. thanks so much. It's going to be fun. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. So your ministry is all about building healthy, Christ-centered marriages. Can you define that a little bit for us? What do you mean? When you say healthy and Christ-centered, are we just talking about getting up early and going to the gym? Or are you talking about uh, <laughs> spiritual health? Or what is the, uh, what's the idea of a Christ-centered marriage? Man, yeah. So Christ-centered is a really, uh, it's a really important and complex qualifier. Also, it's simple and complex at the same time. Uh, we kind of the chord that we harp on in terms of our ministry and whenever we get to speak and in person with couples, we talk about being a marriage on mission. And so I think to to just, I think, succinctly define what a Christ-centered marriage is, is I think would be to say that marriage is on mission. And our definition of that is uh, a marriage on mission uh, fulfills the Great Commission in ways specific to how God designed marriage to flourish and function, right? So for the couple and also within culture. And so we always, whenever we talk about being a Christ-centered marriage, that that is not a, it's not a priority list. It's Christ is at the center. Everything radiates outward from a relationship and, and from an identity in Christ, and that how you love each other, how you love your kids, how you love your neighbors in, in proximity, but also in relational proximity, um, and then how you live on mission uh, and, act, and actually be in agreement in the fact that you are commissioned with Christ into this this uh, the mission that He has put us on, right, and, and making disciples and, and, and doing all that sort of work. So... Um, hopefully that answers your question, but yeah, there, there's a lot in there. Um, there's a lot of layers there, but essentially that's what we're getting at. Well, tell us for you, for your marriage, where does the passion start here? Why, why do you guys feel like uh, you guys got into this together? Why are you so passionate about the topic of Christian marriage? Hmm. Um, well, you know, we started Fierce Marriage after about 10 years of being married, and we had in that 10 years we'd seen um, a couple of our friends kind of divorce and remarry and then maybe even divorce again and we just didn't understand why why we were sticking and why we we're still excited to be together and we're still laughing together and felt like we had just got married you know a year ago or something and you know again it comes back to to Jesus just being our glue just being our foundation being everything you know about who we are and so for us to be able to talk about marriage within that context I, I really don't think you can take Christ out of marriage. Like, there's just such a, a parallel of, obviously, Christ and the, and the bridegroom and the church and all of that happening. 
Um, and so to take Christianity out of marriage, I mean, I don't know, that just seems like a really hard thing to, <laughs> to live out. Yeah. 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 So we, we kind of just saw the space where there were a lot of folks kind of speaking like pop, pop psychology, right, into this area of marriage in terms of like, here's five tips for communication, or here's how to have a more mm-hmm. spicy sex life mm-hmm. and all this stuff, mm-hmm. which, you know, I think is good advice, but if it's not rooted and grounded in the gospel, then we feel like it's it's um, it's just behavioral modification, mm-hmm. and we'd rather get at the beliefs that underlie that behavior. Yeah. And so when we started writing, as Selena said, we kind of realized that Jesus was our center, and we just needed to, for better or worse, share yeah. our successes and our failures, uh, because... Uh, then he would be made great, mm-hmm. and yeah. because our marriage is, you know, the fruits there, and, and so um, at least we think the fruits there. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. <laughs> well, how does that work? I, I'd imagine if you put yourself out there as kind of the uh, a marriage expert, if you will, or a mar- you write on marriage, you talk on marriage. It's got to be hard to look at each other sometimes when it goes poorly and be like, man, yeah. we're, we're supposed to be the exemplar couple. Or you look at each other and go, I thought you were supposed to be this great husband and you're supposed to be this great wife. Yeah. Uh, does that ever yeah. make it, does it ever make your marriage harder talking so much about making other people's marriages better? <laughs> we had a, we had actually just last week, you're hitting close to home right now. Oh, I'm sorry. We can talk about something less personal if you want. <laughs> okay. so okay. Just last week we had a tiff or something and I was like doing the... He was, I was wrong, like, of course. No way. I was <laughs> it's still going it's on. Yeah, it's still going on. Yeah, no. we, and I was doing like the behavior that I tell guys not to do like in terms of like internalizing it and all this stuff. And I was just thinking in my head like, man, I'm such a hypocrite. <laughs> I came around to it once, once I got over myself. But yeah, yeah, it's hard. And there are times when we like argue and stuff, and Selena will be like, "You're not going to use this on the on the blog, are you?" <laughs> <laughs> That's great. You're your own material. <laughs> yeah. We really are. We yeah. really are. <laughs> you know, but even the way I hear you guys approaching conflict, and I know probably in the moment it's not great, but to be able to laugh about it in in a few days later, it reminds me of of that sort of fundamental idea. And you guys were talking about it. Um, uh, of marriage sort of being a gift, right? Being this joyous thing that God's given us, and and it and it is a picture of of as you said, Selena, uh, Christ in the church, you know. Um, and, and so I wonder, you know, as you guys were looking at your friends, as you uh, who were getting divorced, as you guys talk about marriage and help counsel people in marriage, I know so so often, at least I feel as a pastor, you know, we start with that marriage is hard and marriage is, and we do, you know, we kind of, which is true. Those things aren't untrue. Marriage can be difficult at times. It's fraught with conflict. Obviously, God puts people together who seemingly trigger each other's issues. But how do you guys speak about marriage as a joyous thing? thing and as a gift from God? That's that's a really good question, um, because you're right, the, the pendulum has kind of, uh, it, it's right Reality now. Reality has come to the forefront, I yeah. think, a little too much sometimes. Exactly, and that's, that's true. So I think focusing on uh, the friendship aspect of it, which mm. is the whole reason people get together in the first place, right? And so we, you know, there's all this all these ministries and, you know, you see all this stuff online that is trying to encourage couples to, to date, right, mm-hmm. to date creatively, mm-hmm. to date intentionally, to make time for your marriage. Well, the whole reason you do that is you're just making a space for your friendship to actually bubble to the surface mm-hmm. once again, mm-hmm. where you can actually create a unique experience, a, uh, a special atmosphere where you can have conversation, um, because it's all about the friendship. And really, if, if, if I had to distill it down to why marriage is incredible, it's it's that friendship aspect that you can mm. have a, a friend in your spouse that is so that is lifelong that mm-hmm. is, there's this covenant that 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 binds you together that you can get through all manner of conflict with friendship um, at the center and it just makes that so much richer. Right, and friendship really 
is kind of the, the door and the opening, I feel like, for transparency to really happen and for love to really um, flourish and for grace to be experienced because we're not really fully loved until we're fully known, right? And so when when we can be friends and I can kind of feel comfortable with him and I can feel confident that if I share some some hard things with him that he's going to be gracious towards me when I can trust that, you know, all there's more transparency that's going to happen. There's Our love is going to grow and bloom. It's not, I'm not trying to like hide off all these places that I don't want him to see. And it's not like I want him to think that I'm some sort of like super wife or something like that. Yeah, but I really, you know, <laughs> I, I want to be able to share those, those areas with him. And really it's through our friendship that we're able to to laugh together, to bond, to allow some of those walls to be kind of broken down to where we really can be become connected and transparent with each other, which, again, helps us um, experience the love that I think God designed and purposed for marriage. Yeah. How do you... So Christian marriage is different, I think, than a, than a non-Christian marriage. How do you see... Christian marriage as a witness in our culture of what we believe and of who we are, especially in a culture that has such different views on relationships and on sex and sexuality and so many other things. You guys talk about this all the time. Can you help just briefly unpack how is a Christian marriage a witness to a culture that doesn't know our God? Oh, man. Um, Again, very, very layered. I'd say in every way, Mm -hmm. in every meaningful way, it's a witness. So we talked about the, um, the, you know, kind of how we were in a space where we were flourishing or felt like our marriage was in a strong spot, but we saw couples that were faltering, right? And the difference, I think, between a covenantal marriage, which I would say is a a Christian covenantal marriage, right, versus just kind of a contract marriage or a worldly view of it, is that as soon as that marriage isn't what I thought it should be, I don't look elsewhere. I I double down on where we're at, and we're, we're in it together and we double down together on it, and that we're gonna we're gonna work on it. We're gonna trust Jesus in that, and we're gonna mm-hmm. trust the Holy Spirit to to lead us. Well, a, a couple that's maybe not ascribing to the same worldview would look elsewhere, right? They're looking outside of their covenant, saying, "How so? This isn't working. I need something that's gonna make me happy. Yeah. I, need, I need a person who's gonna who, who I can feel that I'm in love mm-hmm. with." And so there's that. I think it's um, exemplifying um, and, and reflecting the love of Christ, the perfect love of Christ, imperfectly. So we know that Christ loved us perfectly, and then we that's that's kind of our exemplar, but it's also the fuel for how we love each other, mm-hmm. right? So we want to love like Christ, but we know we can't. And mm-hmm. so we look to, to Him to equip and enable us to love each other when we don't feel like it, when we feel like just being selfish, when, you know, our sex life isn't everything I think it should be, or and, and that's when I can be generous to my wife and say, okay, that's that's selfish. I'm going to be generous and think about you, or you know, in terms of stewardship. So, and and then it, when we think missionally, so there's all these kind of internal things that happen, but missionally too, I think there's a really unique call on a married couple to love um, your neighbors really well. And so we've heard that a lot, where people, it's like it's almost like we're we, we're not we don't try to be pushy, but we're we just like really care about our neighbors and stuff. We want to know what's going on in their lives and. And we're, we're like the ones that like stick around an awkward amount of time when the conversation <laughs> starts. Like we'll stick around and they're like, there's like a natural cue to like leave, but like, I don't want to leave. <laughs> and so I think that's kind of a funny way to say like, in a sense, I think uh, a couple that is rooted in Christ will have kind of this uncanny sort of desire to be in deep relationships and to draw others into mm-hmm. a place of like meaningful relationship and just get past talking about the weather, get past talking about traffic but talk about things that actually matter. So there's a lot of things that are going on there, but I think that's probably the, the crux of it. Let me ask this. Is that where you start um, that idea of of getting past the superficial or maybe a better way to just st- ask this question is where do you start with a couple who 
who I can imagine we have listeners out there who are thinking, man, my marriage is in a tough spot. Yeah. Um, it's we, not friendly. It's for not some people. friendly. Yeah. It's, it's difficult. It's all these. I guess my question to you is, uh, obviously each marriage is, is different and has its own unique, um, has its own unique struggles. But what I have seen, uh, just in sort of my short pastoral career is that while the enemy's crafty, the lies don't really change if that makes sense within marriages. And so I guess my question is, is you guys look at conflict and when you have couples come in and they're, they're, maybe it's, maybe it's conflict, maybe it's just dry, maybe it's whatever. Where do you guys start? What, what, maybe what advice would you give to listeners out there who are who are in a difficult season in their marriage? Oh man, the, the the very first advice is don't walk through it alone. Don't be an island. That's great. Whatever you know, if that's a really intense season they're going through, the yeah. worst thing you can do is isolate yourself. Yeah. And so, and if we're with a couple in person, um, which it's very rare that we get to do that because you know all of our stuff that we do is online. Yeah, yeah. And so, it, uh, there's a few couple. You know, we have a community in our church that we're a part of, and we meet all the time and. We have people that were kind of living life alongside. Uh, in those cases, when it's time to really kind of uh, put our, you know, put our hands to work in terms of marriage, we, it just takes a lot of time. So that's what I mean by walking alongside another couple. And that, so the, in those conversations, usually we start with just kind of listening. Mm-hmm. We encourage them to listen and to kind of get defenses down. And then, uh, you know, we're not we're not pastors, we're not counselors, and so we will always um, advise couple like that, especially depending on the severity of, the, of what they're going of through. Of course, of course. We'll advise them, yeah, we'll advise them kind of to go to... Yeah, seek pastoral care yeah. or seek a professional, like, Christian counselor. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, yeah, I just agree with what <clears throat> Brian's saying, is that I think everything within us wants to kind of hide and wants to um, not share with even our Christian community, you know, our struggles, because it's hard. We have a lot, we have pride, we... We have social media. We want to look like we've got it all together because none of us really do. And it's, you know, it's just, it's everything that we're trying, we're striving for is going to fall and crumble and we're not ready for it all the time. But I want to say that's, honestly, that's the only way out of it. Mm. It's to to just let it all crumble and let Jesus just reign in the situation. Mm. Have people in your life that can help you through that, walk you through that, remind you of God's love and His purpose for your marriage. Mm-hmm. And know that this is not the end. This is the beginning. And to press into that, that brokenness and to allow Jesus to do what he does so beautifully and so faithfully in our weakness, in our brokenness, that is where he shines. That is where his life, mm-hmm. you know, that's where we come under, like, what he's done for us. And that's so good. just having those people around us is so important because then we can we can share and we can not carry the burden alone and we can... Uh, people can speak into us and say, hey, what are the lies that you're believing in this situation? Because yeah. I feel like maybe there's some things that you're not identifying and there's there's power and some truth that maybe weren't, you're not, we're not all hearing. So let's, let's dig, dig into God's word mm-hmm. and see what it says. So That's excellent. So a lot of what you're talking about right now is when a marriage kind of has an eroded foundation or maybe never even set one on Christ and where it's been mm-hmm. really difficult and you're calling them to go to community or go to a pastor, go to a specialist. I think that's really, really helpful. What would you say to the person who's just about to get married or maybe just got married that maybe sets them on trajectory towards friendship, towards Christ, that avoids some of these things that right now we're talking about how in the midst of crisis, you find counsel, you find uh, rest in the word, you find rest from burdens in the Lord. What about the person who's just getting married or is engaged or hopes to be married? 
What advice do you give to that person to, to be on the right trajectory to set a foundation? Yeah, I think um, that's, that's a good question. I think there's really good kind of pre-marriage stuff that a, a, a new couple should go through, an engaged mm-hmm. couple. Um, and that's just, we would call it like theology for couples, right? <laughs> so like getting down to the actual, what do you believe about this covenant that you're entering? Um, and what, when, what, what do you believe it will fulfill? What role will it fulfill in your life, but also in God's kingdom? And so I think a good premarital course will get you down into those roots. What is love? What is covenant? Uh, what does it mean to, um, to, to, to really engage and believe in the gospel in all these different areas? And then the behavioral stuff, I think, would also go through. Um, so that's the first piece of advice is find, find a good curriculum. Um, we have some ideas for that, but um, also get get a mentor couple to mm-hmm. be accountable to. Selena talked about being known and being and being known in community. Um, one of our big things that we continually come back to um, when we talk to our audience is transparency and mm-hmm. how you know, we live in a culture that postures right, and we want you to believe a certain reality about me. And our, the tendency is we take on that same attitude. That is not the attitude of a Christian life. Like the yeah. attitude of a Christian life is. As you know me, like mm-hmm. and not not everybody. I don't broadcast it on the internet, but like my community should know us. Yeah. They should know yes. us well. They should know the joys that we're. They should laugh with us. They should cry with us. They should pray with us. We should do all those things together. And so we encourage couples to live in that level of transparency. And it's not easy. And so there's mm-hmm. definitely a process to get there because more more I think now than ever you have husbands entering a marriage with a pornography addiction. And so they, to go through that as a couple, mm. the, 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 the young bride, mm. it's a, probably going to be a surprise to her. Mm, yeah. <laughs> She's mm. going to be surprised that that's an issue. And so they're going to need to walk through that together. That's I mean, good. immediately, depending on how quickly he comes out with it, mm-hmm. immediately they're going to have something to work through. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so you need to go through that in community. And so I think those are the two pieces, is, is get the foundational kind of ideas in your heads and in your hearts and then get somebody to walk alongside you um, as you're in the first few years of your marriage. Yeah, and just to add a little bit to that of, of understanding, you know, the purposes of marriage, too, is that it is our, for our sanctification. You know, we got married pretty young, and I was very like, you know, oh, this is going to be great. We're going to live together happily ever after, kind of joyful and all of that. And Yeah, we'll work through everything. It's fine. But understanding the bigger purpose of, of our sanctification and having somebody else know me and for all of those <laughs> sinful tendencies to kind of be brought to the surface in order for them, <clears throat> excuse me, to again be sanctified and for those to melt away and for Christ to really be shown through me and in me. Um, I think that that would have helped me starting out in our marriage to, I think, grab onto the joy and understanding that even in the hard times, like this is not the end all be all of marriage. Like there's, a, there's so much more purpose that God so beautifully crafted into this covenant that we get to, we get to share. That's awesome. Tell me, before we let you go, could you tell us a little about, you guys have a whole ministry built around this, uh, Fierce Marriage. You have books, you have podcasts, you have a website, you have resources that you put on a regular basis. Can you kind of tell us the overall kind of scope of what you guys are providing and why? Yeah, yeah. So Fierce Marriage um, is, like Selena mentioned, we started when we, you know, when we were 10 years married, we've been doing it for about six years now. And it's just an online, it started as a blog, so it's fiercemarriage.com. Now it's evolved into books that we've written that you can find on our website as well. And then there's our podcast. Mm-hmm. And the scope is simply this. We exist to point couples to Christ and commission marriages for the gospel. So we're, we're that website that you would go to if you are having a, a problem in your marriage and you want to know what Jesus might have to say about that. Mm-hmm. And you want to know how to, how to apply that um, to your marriage. Um, and then as far as the books, we have, I think about, what do we have, five, six books out right now? 
anyway, we have some devotionals we have the, uh, that are kind of focused in their scope. So there's one, it's called the 31-Day Pursuit Challenge, and that's kind of our most popular one, and that's uh, where there's a his and a hers devotional, and a husband can go through, it's called Husband in Pursuit, and the wife goes through Wife in Pursuit, and it's 31 days of kind of loving each other as Christ loved us, mm-hmm. and through intentional actions. So writing a note would be one of the days, mm-hmm. one of the challenges for a day. It's kind of like a love dare type thing, but with our own flavor on it. And then there's, and it gets pretty extreme in terms of conversations you have, but also elaborate dates and stuff. So anyway, I could go on and on because I'm a salesperson at heart, but you can go to <laughs> fiercemarriage.com and find all that info. So. That's super helpful. Guys, uh, Ryan, Selena, thank you so much, not only for giving us your time this morning, but for all you do to benefit Christian marriages across the country. I've been a beneficiary of your ministry. I've loved interacting with you guys before and have loved your, your newest book, or maybe it's not your newest book, but Fierce Marriage, your book is so helpful and so good. Thank you so much for the time with us this morning, and God bless you as you guys continue to minister to marriages across the country. Thanks for having us. Thank you, guys. It's a privilege. It was our pleasure. Okay, so we just heard from Ryan and Selena Frederick from Fierce Marriage. Any reactions coming from the conversation with them? Any final thoughts? Any things about marriage that you feel like, hey, we should we we would be remiss not to also mention? Yeah, I mean, I think the let me just say, I think the picture they paint is beautiful. It is a picture, a gospel picture of marriage, and I think any uh, married couple can benefit from understanding their marriage has an ultimate meaning, and it's not necessarily about you and your relationship. I think that's what's so different, actually, from the culture, and that's what I would say is that uh, those friends who I know who aren't believers who are getting married, I... I'm almost with them. I'm like, yeah, I don't understand why you're doing it because all it really is for you is like, um, well, I don't know. I guess I'm saying I don't know what it is. The same way that the Fredericks are saying, like, I don't know what marriage is when you remove God from it. It's like, it, it maybe it's a thing about happiness and and right. maybe or maybe like a weird romantic deal. Maybe for the kids' sake, we're gonna raise yeah. a family. Yeah. I think one thing I would say and just add to that I what I love about marriage. Uh, as it paints a picture of uh, Christianity is it's entering into a relationship, a covenantal relationship where where the way we talked about how you're both freed and bound by your marriage, but the ways in which you're bound in your marriage lead to freedoms. In other words, being able to look across from somebody and say to them, I'm with you no matter what. Yeah, I'm here no matter what. I'm dedicated to loving God no matter what, and that will that will bless you and bless us. We are together in this, and we are under this banner that we understand that I am not more important than you, you're not more important than me, and we together are certainly not more important than God. Doing all of those things allows you to enter into a relationship that's really safe. Yeah. And I know these are the ideals. A lot of people have marriages that don't feel safe, and I get that. I'm not. I'm talking about the ideal. It's really safe to be bound in that way, to say, I will not go anywhere. I'm with you no matter what, and I love you. And my love is not predicated on how I feel today. My love is not predicated on how you perform. My love is predicated on the fact that I've been loved by Christ, and I'm called to love you like Christ loves the church, right? And yeah. that is like the the trying to – that picture of marriage that I just described, that picture of a relationship that I just described is 
alien. It is so completely other to what sort of culture says, which is like two people and you guys make each other better in whatever, you know, like you complete each other, you make each other better, you do all these things. And so I just want to say, I think the, the picture of marriage that we get in the Bible could not be more different. Uh, than I think what I see most often, at least in movies and films and books, as it relates to marriage. And so I would say, um, yeah, I, I think I, I think we have to double down on this idea. And I think what what I see in my friends who are married as Christians that is different from from the world is that. Um, they don't have to justify being married in some sense. That's Do you good. know what I mean? No, I know what you mean. I think a couple of things you said there I want to jump off of. When you talked about the ideal picture of marriage that we point out or we, yeah. we paint and I do think there's a sense, sometimes when I'm talking to marriages in uh, difficult situations, I talk about my own marriage and I yeah. love my wife. I yeah. love being married. Yeah. And there, I've had people uh, specifically say, it's not fair to me use my marriage as an example because we love each other and our marriage is good. As if I'm painting a uh, irrationally rosy picture of marriage. When yeah. really my marriage is a very real picture of marriage, yeah. but at the same time, my marriage is not your marriage. And no. I am not married to Heather Hawkins. You're not nope. married to Chelsea Griffin. Yeah. And so while I can give you advice and I can give you wisdom, I can tell you uh, what the scripture says, which is true for all of us. There is a difference from marriage to marriage on how people interact. But what the Bible calls us all to, that the culture does not love, the culture does not love self-sacrifice of any significant kind in order to serve the other person in marriage. Marriage is a self-serving institution to them. That's that it. That if it is, if it at one day becomes uh, this, self-service stops, then you need to get out of that relationship. When the truth is, in a true, biblical, godly, beautiful marriage, if both people are loving each other the way Christ has called them to, you don't need to worry about your own needs because your needs are being worried about by the other person in your marriage. They are Mm -hmm. thinking about how to serve you. So I get how that easily gets mixed up when you have one person who's going, well, I'm self-sacrificial, but he is self-indulgent or she is self-indulgent. For sure. You go, yeah, that would be really hard. And I do think one of the things that Frederick said that's really important is if marriage is in crisis or if marriage is difficult, or even backtracking that all the way to if you are willing to benefit your marriage and make it stronger, go get counsel. Go read a book together. Go see your pastor together, but spend time, dedicated time together, getting on the same page spiritually, emotionally, physically, financially. These are things that are benefits in marriage that I think are kind of left to the side when you have a marriage in the culture that just says, make sure you take care of yourself. Make sure you're protected from the person you're marrying. Make sure you have an agreement before you get married about what you're doing. You're not going to be married anymore. And make sure that you kind of watch out for them instead of watch out with them. Yeah, that's good. Today, we're also going to talk with BJ Thompson. BJ is an author. He's a speaker and also a life coach. Uh, He started a ministry uh, uh, called Build a Better Us, and uh, this ministry encourages a restored view of marriage and individual maturity from a Christian worldview. Before we jump in, though, with BJ, I just want to talk to you a little bit about our sponsor today. All right, we are here with BJ Thompson. BJ, it is such a delight to have you on with us today. Thank you for being here. Thank you for being patient with us. You guys may not know this, but BJ had to wait twenty minutes, somewhere between twenty minutes and two days, to get us on here this hey, morning. I wasn't going to tell the audience that Adam, I wasn't gonna <laughs> you were going to bust me out. But thank you, BJ, for being with us. Why don't you start by telling us a little bit about your ministry? It's called Build a Better Us, and tell us uh, about it. What does it have to do with marriage in particular? No, that's a great question. So Build a Better Us is a growth and development organization. We started about 10 years ago. Um, we started actually with marriage um, and really started with the idea of marriage and, and the need to learn how does marriage work, how do relationships work, 
um, because I was newly married at the time. And um, had we not learned how marriage works, then I would not be married. And so mm-hmm. in a lot of ways, was really the beginnings is, man, we need to urgently understand this. And as I began to gain a grasp on that, we begin to develop kind of couples culture and couples small groups and language around them. So that's how Build a Better Us began. But I think along the journey of helping couples develop, what you realize very quickly is that some of the central themes and necessities of creating relational health have to do a lot with individual health and a lot of individual growth. And so Build a Better Us begin to morph into mind, body, and soul and relationships. Um, growth and development from a Christian worldview. Mm. So, yeah, I wonder. Like you know, you you sort of pointed out you were about yourself saying, "Man, if if I didn't learn these things, my marriage wouldn't survive." There's a sense in which I I think I could t- say the same thing. I think Adam would probably say the same thing. Uh, and so maybe maybe that's a way to lead into the next question, which is, do do you think there's a marriage crisis in our culture? When you look at the numbers, I mean, it's hard to sort of argue that there isn't in terms of divorce rates and everything else. Uh, Also, when you look at um, uh, the fact that so many more people are just choosing not to get married, uh, especially within the younger generation. Um, But do you see that infiltrating the church as well? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, I, I think about that a lot, and I think about what are the origins of some of the challenges of relationships and marriages, and what what I believe, if they talk about the senses of 1965 versus um, 2000, I believe. Okay. And it did a census on couples, and people were married. Um, they, there was a 70-30 kind of percentage, where 70% were in committed marital relationships. And about 30-ish percent were not in 1965. And then later on um, in the early 2000s, that flip-flop. So now there's a flip-flop. There is a 60% um, of the population that is non-married, in a non-married relationship or whatever that spectrum is. And then 30% now between the age of 18 and 30. And, and what I think is wow. a couple of things happen. One, women's rights. Um, which we do not acknowledge enough that women cannot own property mm. um, and have the ability to own their own rights. Also, uh, mobility. That, you know, marriage you know, for a long time was a way to secure your financial mobility mm. um, indefinitely. So when that changed, I don't think the church changed well. Um, the wow. church did not adapt to its discipleship, to creating growth and comprehensive health. Um, to help individuals understand, I think we kind of stuck with the script and then dug our heels in deeper. And so if we're asking where this existential crisis comes from, I would just say it's really the outcome of us never really taking seriously the whole person. Yeah. Um, and now we look forward at the fruit of it, and we are just totally shocked and rocked by the implications of it. So... Yeah, that's just kind of my initial observation. That is a what fascinating take. Man, yeah. I had not really considered that, that part of it was kind of a movement of understanding the value of all human beings, especially when it comes to gender. I hadn't thought about that much. Do you feel like, uh, so you said the church was behind on that. When it comes to the Lord and when it comes to scripture, do you think it was the church not living out that which we're called to and kind of the image of God in every human being? Or how do you guys in your ministry encourage people yeah. in the Lord and scripture when it comes to uh, married couples having problems like this? How would you lean on the Lord's word yeah. for that moment? Yeah, no, that's a great question. So you're asking me, what is the connection between 
that belief about humanity and human flourishing. And I think what happened during that time period, if we could just look back at that 50-year time period, yeah, I think that we were so fearful and so in shock um, based on a lot of trauma that people just kind of disappeared into capitalism and commercialism. And so you didn't really get a good sense, growing sense of um, maturing discipleship around the uniqueness of individuals. You got people that just kind of segmented and then created their own population. And so I don't know if we ever really addressed it. And so now when you fast forward the fruits of those things, now you have what seems to be this I mean, I don't want to use this, so I'm, I'm trying to be very, that's wordy. There's a cognitive dissonance that's occurring mm. with the way we look at relationships. And so how we look at the marital relationship covenant itself, how we look at the individual, we have segmented them into compartments of this relationship void of how you feel, right? Mm-hmm. So we don't talk a lot about how you feel, or we talk a lot about, you know, the body, um, and the impact that trauma or anything has on it. Um, and so you got the segment of body, mind, and soul happening, and there's not an integration that has happened. And so I think in a lot of ways, we need to really start looking at how Jesus, when he came, he saw all three. He saw the, the blind man who was blind, body, right? Asked him, did he want to be healed? Um, he said, yes, I want to be healed. So he can see, put the hand on his face, right? And he got the mud, mm. and he started seeing mine. Then he said, today you've been saved. The guy wants to go with him. That's integration. And mm. I don't think we even, we're even considering those terms. So, yeah. That's fascinating. You know, the um, that is such a, uh, uh, I really love that idea that maybe in the past we weren't really putting forward a Christian view of marriage either. Mm. Maybe it was, maybe it was just as cultural in the past. You know what I mean? And now we, like you said, we doubled down because we started sort of like losing some piece of culture or I don't know, whatever. And, uh, and then we just doubled down maybe on more of a cultural picture than a biblical picture. And I think one, I love what you're saying. Uh, but there's another piece too. And I, and I love this, uh, this idea in scripture and I'd like to hear, you talk about it a little bit. Um, maybe what ways, you know, when God talks about marriage, he talks about it as a gift, right? He talks about the joy. And yeah. so, so do you guys transition, um, in your ministry? Do you, do you try to sort of reorient, uh, the picture of what marriage is? It's, of course, it's difficult. Of course, it's all those things. Uh, of course yeah. there's a lot to work through, but there's also this positive side, um, uh, or maybe really even the fundamental picture of what we see marriage being, uh, and, and that is that is a gift that that uh, is a shadow of Christ's you know relationship to the church. So how do you guys sort of talk through those things? No, that's a great question. I think before you can you can construct anything, you have to deconstruct what they do. Yeah. Okay. Um, we do this event. If you go to our site, buildabetterus.com, um, I travel all over the world under this event called Pursuing the Extraordinary, which is like a one to day one to two day experience where I take couples along the spectrum whether they've been newly engaged, married, you know, for 50 years, 30 years, 20 years, um, remarried, just the whole nine, or, you know, some people are cohabitated when they come to these events. But we spend the first kind of hour deconstructing all these things. And I think part of our problem is we're just trying to keep building on new things. And no one ever stops us long enough to say, like, what do we really believe about this? 
Yeah. And there's some things that do not belong there. And I think for us as an organization in the area of marriage, because remember we have individual development, take a lot of these things and we just deconstruct them. We say, this is where this came from. Your experiences, your observations of relationships, and your assumptions about them, they may not coincide with the biblical worldview. And so you take that time to deconstruct those things. But if you're asking me about joy, I think the way that we experience joy um, or our lack thereof is because we lack what it means to love agape. Mm-hmm. And I'll, I'll say this because I know this is cliche in circles. Our lack of agape love is just this lack of unconditional love because we know how God loves us, and therefore we love people in that way. And I think part of this getting after joy, the excitement of a relationship, is us being able to say in our mind, agape love is a choice, eros love is a feeling. Mm. And just because I am married doesn't mean I'm applying agape love. Being married, I can still live under the mind of the feeling. And when I don't feel like I love you, I don't respond with love, Mm. right? And so I think joy comes when you consciously say to your mind, I'm going to choose to love you, right, which is a choice. It then grows in you this new experience of agape and then creates a joy that goes beyond the feeling of what you can have. So... BJ, this is this is really interesting stuff. Honestly, you're talking about this in a completely new way to me. I hadn't thought about it in the way you're thinking about it, but I do think a lot about how marriage is a reflection of Christ, is a reflection of yes. the church. And I think in our culture, which our show is about, our show is about how Christians can both interact with culture and be countercultural. I think there's a way in which Christian marriage might be distinct and unique from what a secular marriage might look like. And can you help us think through when you're talking about love, how does a biblical healthy love, agape, self-sacrificial, decision of the will to commit, uh, desiring for deeper and deeper relationship with one another. How is that countercultural, yeah. especially considering that our cultural climate right now is one that's yeah. really rampant with uh, promiscuity, with uh, self-indulgence, with uh, gender confusion, with uh, Me Too movement of abuses, and where domestic violence and where domestic problems are so pervasive in our country, and so is... Uh, abandonment of family in any sense of the word, both marriage and children, how can a Christian marriage that loves the way Christ has called us to love be counter-cultural? Yeah, that's a great question. I think, well, let me say this first thing. I think the reason why you've never heard this perspective is because oftentimes we only get our marital relational perspective from that's older good. white men. Yeah, okay. And I think that cultural that cultural bias is actual, actual cultural blind spot. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, there's a whole sad side over here. You just, like, ask. They will tell you how this really works. Mm-hmm. And so I think part of the thing is, like, we have to start reinforming ourselves from non-white men in the areas of relationships. So, side note. Um, but, but what I would say is the counterculturalness is the fact that we begin to say, oh, the, the arrows is a secondary, third-tier love. What's really, what's real is the agape love. And I'll tell you what I mean. Relationships, and especially marriage, because you're moving closer to commitment, they don't create issues, they reveal issues. 
And so people always say, like, oh, I got married, and all of a sudden I thought I, was, I realized I was selfish, I realized I was these things. I call it an inescapable um, sanctification where now for the first time you have to come face-to-face with who you are in a very raw and scary way. My wife has seen every aspect of my life and my body. It's a really serious thing, right? Um, and even if I'm like, oh, I feel bashful or whatever, that don't matter, right? Like, it's going to happen. There's no way around it. We've been married this year for 17 years. And so Congratulations. there's no, thank you so much. There's no aspect of that. So here's what it is. The Christian marriage gives opportunity to see the most vulnerable, fearful, messy things about us, and then we still choose to love, that's incomparable. There is no other covenant, there's no other union, there's no other worldview that pulls back the greatest insecurities, fears, and messiness about us, and then still still chooses to love us as a mess. And I would say that's what makes it unique, and that's what's impressive, but that's what we need to display to the world, um, not bumper stickers, per se. I'm yeah. all for bumper stickers, right? Yeah. I think when you see people overcoming messiness and loving despite, that's the impressive love that God intended for us. What is significant to me as a Christian husband and one hearing you uh, not only uh, celebrating 17 years, but it sounds like you are a husband that takes into great consideration what it looks like to be a godly husband, not only for the sake of your wife, but for the sake of your family and the sake of the God that you follow. I think that is something yeah. that uh, is fresh and new for uh, for a culture that really believes that marriage is something that is not distinctly Christian, that marriage is something yeah. it maybe even in our culture believes is archaic and outdated, that we still, in getting to express eros and agape love and friendship love with our spouses and with each other get to express in ways something that a culture couldn't possibly understand outside of the sacrificial love uh, of Jesus Christ in the gospel, where laying down himself for us, giving himself up for us is the demonstration of what we are trying to be and become. BJ, buildabetterus.com. We are so grateful for you, for your insights. Thank you, man. That was awesome. Yes. Thank you for uh, helping us be better men and helping marriages across the world, across the country. Thank you, BJ. And thank you for the time. Thanks for the patience with us. You're the best. No, thank you so much. Adam, any initial thoughts coming out of the conversation with BJ? Uh, some of the things I thought were fascinating, he talked about, honestly, I'd never thought about how a backwards or at least behind version of thinking about women's uh, equality with men in marriage and how backward that's been in America for a long time, and yet scripturally they are held in equal value before the Lord. How that could affect marriage for so long in American culture, I hadn't thought much about that. Yeah, I, I, I... That was an insight that um, was really helpful for me, even now. I think so often what we tend to do is go, well, there used to be all these marriages that hung together, and that's because we were a Christian nation. Oh, yeah. You know, and then, you know, the sexual revolution happened, and the 60s happened, and now uh, you there's all these breaking up of the families. And, I'm, you know, there might be a modicum of truth to that, but I want, but when he said the problem was, uh, is that we were holding on to a cultural view of marriage that we pretended was Christian, in a sense. I'm putting words in his mouth, but I think he'd yeah. agree. Uh, and then all we've done is sort of double down, in a sense, on that, or what we did for a long time was try to double down on that, really, what was a cultural view, which had a lot to do with with 
you know, uh, a misunderstanding of the value of women in society. Um, instead, we could have come out and said women are created equally. Uh, they, they're, they're seen as equal in the eyes of God. They're made with equal dignity of worth. They're, they're co-image bearers. And we could have really maybe heightened to a degree um, the biblical narrative of what marriage is, the biblical picture of what marriage is. And so I, I just found it fascinating. I, I've never thought about it that way. I've always sort of bought into the, the, other, the other idea, you know? Yeah. You know what I appreciated about our talk with BJ Thompson is he is like not from our stream. I haven't like run across him at conferences. I haven't yeah. like had seen him at the village church before. He's just, he's a different stream and theologically a little bit different stream. And maybe the way he processes through how the Bible applies to marriage is different than the way that I would normally come about it. And it's great, even though I may not agree with everything everybody we have in the show has to say, it's always good for me to be stretched a little bit outside my yep. normal stream yep. to hear a little bit different perspective. And so I was grateful for BJ. I'm glad for his ministry and what he's trying to accomplish through it. If there's anything you heard on the show that you'd like to know more about, you can find details on our website. Today's episode was produced by David Roark and edited and mixed by Chris Starrett. We'll see you next time. God bless. Thank you for listening.